He's loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. We do have victory in Jesus, and in Jesus alone. There is no other place to find victory over our natural condition, over the sinfulness that invades our lives, only in Jesus. All right. So turn with me this morning back to John chapter 10. That's where we were last week. And I want us to notice, and we can uh, title this message, if you will, None Shall Perish. None Shall Perish. We talked last week about uh, this scripture here. We're in John chapter 10. And Jesus came against some opposition. There was a, a division among the Jews, of course. Many of them said that Jesus had a devil. They said, oh, he's crazy. Why do you listen to him? And we find this down basically in verse 20, 19, 20, 21. Others said, These are not the words of him that hath the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? So some in this crowd saw the miracles and believed on Jesus Christ. Some saw the miracles and denied that he was Christ by basically saying, No, he's of the evil one. Verse 23 says, And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt if thou be the Christ? Tell us plainly. Now, we have already heard this morning that it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew who prides, who prides himself or herself in keeping of the law or if you're uh, a sinner saved by grace. Because there is only one way to salvation. Abraham was saved the same way that you are. Doesn't matter. Yes, the payment had not yet, yet been made physically, that payment being Jesus Christ, the Son of God, coming to the earth, living a perfect life, which God accepted on your behalf, by the way. <coughs> gave that life up voluntarily on the cross of Calvary, yet the Father had given him power to lay his life down and take it up again. The Scripture tells us exactly that. But it didn't matter that it hadn't physically happened yet because God declared it would. And it's as good as done when God declares something. Before the foundation of the earth, God loved you already. He already knew you. And He declared that you were His and that none could pluck you out of His hand, and that is a fact that comes from God's own mouth. And nothing can change that. No one can change that. None shall perish. Alright, let's continue. I just want to say that about the Jews, because uh, so often we talk about the fact that keeping God's law, it's a good thing. It's necessary for us, yet... Dependence cannot put be put on our keeping of the law for our eternal life. 
That's sand. That's building your life on the sand. As the foolish man that the Lord Jesus told us about built his house on the sand. And the storm and the wind came. And let me tell you, that house, great, the Bible says, the Lord said, was the fall of it. A life today that's built on the shifting sand of human works. Great is going to be the fall of it. Oh, our dependence must be on the one Savior, Jesus Christ. Then came the Jews round about Him, verse 24, John chapter 10, and said unto Him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Which He had already done. Not only had He told them, He had shown them that He did things by the power of God that none other could ever do. Here's His answer. Jesus answered them, verse 25, I told you, and you believed not. Why not? Why didn't they believe? Because they depended on themselves and the works that they did to keep them in the position in this Jewish church and society that they were in. In other words, they walked above everybody else. They prayed loud in the synagogue so everybody could look to them and go, boy, that's a righteous person right there. And that pride was in their heart. They were blinded by it. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, even they bear witness of me. But ye believe not. Why? Jesus said, Because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Now there were those there, again I say, who did believe. They saw who he was. How? Because he revealed himself unto them. They heard because they were his. They heard because, like you, They've been His before the foundation of the world. He's always known them. He's always loved them. They hear His voice when He calls, just like you do. When Jesus calls you, you hear Him. What a Savior. You believe not, verse 26, because you are not of My sheep as I said unto you. My sheep hear My voice, and I know them. Does the Lord come to know you when you decide to follow Him in your mind and heart? No, He's always known you. See, He's God. He knew you when He created Adam because He created you in Adam. That's how great and magnificent of a Creator that we worship this morning. What a Savior. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me, verse 27. And I give unto them Eternal life. Did Abraham work for his salvation? No, he did not. He believed there's faith. He believed and God counted it for righteousness. Whose righteousness did he believe in? 
the Savior that was to come into the world and give His perfect life. That's who. Though again I say physically that had not happened. But it didn't matter because God had proclaimed it to happen. Oh, the Word of God. It is the final Word. It is the final, final rule for our lives, isn't it? Oh, there's a lot of ifs that are thrown out. What if this happened? What if that happened? We read in Isaiah. Let's go over there and look. Isaiah 49. Verse 13 says, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord hath comforted His people and will have mercy upon His afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of a womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Not one sheep shall perish. None shall perish. Behold, verse 16, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. He knows all about you and he always has, hasn't he? He directs your paths. He knocks down the walls of petition that exist in your life between you and him. You may think, well, I don't have any walls of petition. You do. You do. When we neglect the Word of God, when we participate participate in things of the world that we shouldn't, it creates a wall, doesn't it? It really does. We had a cartoon maybe last week or a week before on our bulletin where the child was building a wall to keep her brother out of her stuff. But the father was on the other side of that wall too. So we have to be careful, don't we? Not to build walls that separate us from each other. Remember, one of the signs of God's people is that they love the brethren and the sisters, right? We have to be careful not to build these walls. Not to allow offenses, though small or big, whatever they are, to separate us. It's important, isn't it? Absolutely is. God sees all. And He protects us from all of these things. All right. So we're saved by grace, the free gift of God, through faith, believing in Him. Now, a make-believe faith It's a lot like the Israelites who stopped short of the land of Canaan. Remember that? They believed in God when He was giving them protection, freedom from captivity, food, water, where there was none. But when it came to facing those giants in Jericho, They didn't believe he could do it. They didn't believe that he would fight their battles for them. And because of their non-belief, 
They spent 40 years in the wilderness and perished there because they didn't fully believe. So again, a make-believe faith stops short of Canaan and dies in the wilderness. You see that? Salvation is only by faith in Jesus Christ. Anything else stops short of heaven. Stop short of the place that God has gone to prepare for us. Now, if a man can truly trust in Christ and be born again and then fail to enter heaven for something that he's done or for some any any reason, then God himself must do at least four things. He must deny his promise. God cannot lie. All His promises are true. If you can lose your salvation after you believe in Jesus Christ with your heart freely given to you this knowledge of Him, then God has to deny His promises, doesn't He? So we're in John chapter 10. What did He say in verse 28? He said in verse 27, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them what kind of life? Eternal. That's a pro- He would have to deny that promise if you were to lose your salvation. I give unto them eternal life and they, you, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, shall never perish. Never. These are some high thoughts when we're, when we're talking about eternal, forever, and never. But we need to grasp the fact that we are eternally saved. Eternally saved. Do we fail now in this life? Absolutely we do. But there's coming a time when God is going to deliver us from this body of death. And we're going to have a new body that will not get sick. Bones will not break. Hearts will not stop. But we'll be eternally perfect. Even like Jesus. Verse 28 said, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. What a Savior. Hebrews 13, 8. If you can trust in Jesus Christ and be born again and then lose your salvation, God would have to contradict his immutability. In other words, he'd have to change his plan. Wouldn't he? Absolutely. Does he? He does not. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today 
and forever. His purposes are eternally written. That's how those in the Old Testament were saved by Jesus Christ hanging on the cross before He was even born of a virgin on earth. Because He's immutable, unchangeable. If you can trust in Jesus Christ and be born again and then fail to enter heaven because of some failing on your part, then God would have to let His purpose and His oath fail. Romans 8.28 We probably don't really have to turn there for most of y'all know this. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to what? His purpose. You see, His purpose can't be changed. You're His. Nobody can take you away from Him. You can't take yourself away from Him. And praise God for that. Because in your natural man, with the natural heart that you still have, even though you have a new heart, you could easily turn your back on God. I want you to feel secure in your salvation this morning because you are secure. If you're basing it on anything other than the rock of Jesus Christ, if you're basing your life and the way you live it on anything else than the teachings of Jesus Christ, then you have a problem. Because your life is going to go right out from under you like your feet standing in shifting sand. But if you're basing your life and the way you live it on the teachings of Jesus Christ, your life is built on the rock of a Savior who cannot change and cannot fail. He will lose none. None shall perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Verse 29 says, My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. We're in Jesus' hands. We read where our names are engraved in His hands. Now I said last week, I think, I don't know if our names are spelled out on his hands or when he looks at those nail holes, he sees us. Because that was part of the price that he paid for you and for me. We're in his hands. He's in God the Father's hands. And they're wrapped around by the hands of the Holy Spirit. I want you to feel secure in your salvation this morning because you're standing 
only what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. My Father which gave them to me, gave them me, verse 29, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And guess what? We are in them also as one. We have a great inheritance, don't we? Well, we sure don't deserve it. But we've got a God who loves us so much that He has established our lives and is establishing our lives in such a way that they cannot be lost. Your soul is safe in Jesus Christ. He is a great Savior, isn't He? What a Savior. Praise God. He is all-sufficient in all ways. So if we've been teaching on the doctrine of the security of the saints, of course, this teaching of the security of the saints, it shows the consistency of God. His plans cannot be thwarted. No man can separate you from Him and from His love. It shows the simple, never-changing basis for salvation. Again, God doesn't change. He's immutable, doesn't need to change. He's perfect in all His ways. His perfect plan for salvation has never changed. Abraham believed in God and it was counted to him for righteousness. You believe in God and you believe in what He sent His Son to do for you. And it's counted to you for righteousness. Where do you get that righteousness? It's imputed to you, as Brother Chuck was saying earlier, it's imputed to you the righteousness is of Jesus Christ. He's the one that earned it, see? Because He lived it. God does not change like man does. Again, it shows the simple and never-changing basis of salvation. Now turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, and that's where we'll close. Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. That's you and that's me. We had this salvation because of the faith that God has given us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as He has chosen us in Him, when? Whenever we decided to believe in Him? No. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. That's a long time ago, y'all. 
that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. We are holy and without blame before Him in love because Jesus Christ and His righteousness has been imputed to us and God sees us through Him. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. His will is to not lose one of the souls that God the Father gave Him before the council halls of eternity. To the praise of the glory of His grace wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His unmerited favor of His grace. Wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will. The mystery of His will is for you to be like Him and to be with Him eternally as His people, according to His good pleasure which He hath purposed in Himself. God's in control, isn't He? I tell you, it's a wonderful blessing if you know that the Lord's not going to let go of you. As He told Joshua, Fear not. Be of courage. Why? Because I will never leave you. You can go wherever you want to, but you're not going to leave God behind. And praise God, He's not going to leave you behind. He's a great Savior. Won't you put all your confidence in His Word today? This is the final say on how to live a life. It's God's Word. We can throw a lot of ifs in there and, and we can think of a lot of different ideas than what this Bible teaches. But this is the bottom line to what's right. And God's given it to us for that reason, to live by it. He's a great Savior.